Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our series, or if you're just joining us, and we want to welcome everybody who is in person online, um, welcome to a series, Deep Happiness. It's actually Jesus' message that we're able to tap into. It comes at the beginning of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' first teaching to followers of his of what it means to be a follower and really how he wants to be able to open our lives up to that which he has for us. If you haven't read that before, it's Matthew chapter five, verses uh, actually five, six, and seven. It's really well, well worth going back on a regular basis and taking a look at it. As I mentioned, it begins with what's referred to as the Beatitudes. That's the first 10 verses that are there. In the Beatitudes, Jesus uses a word and he starts out each of eight unique um, factors. He says, I want for you makarios. That's a Greek word which means a deep or a lasting happiness. Many times that word gets translated blessed and that's how we see it um, in the Beatitudes. But the subject of what Jesus is saying is that which he knows, something that each and every one of us, you and I, are longing for in our lives. We're at the sixth of the Beatitudes today. If you missed any of the others, they're online and um, you can go back and check those out if you'd like to be able to do that. I want to read together this sixth Beatitude that Jesus has for us. And note this, I think that this is going to be the most challenging of all of the Beatitudes for us. The challenging of the most, uh, of the most, uh, what we would call, how can I experience deep happiness in, our, in my life? And I think you'll realize that um, as we move along into it quickly. So let's read this together. Ready? Blessed are the... For they will... One more time, everybody together. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What is Jesus saying here? One of the things that Jesus is communicating here is that he doesn't want us texting and driving. Would you pray with me and we'll open that up a little bit more. I pray that we're gonna be able to experience Jesus that which you want for us. A pureness of heart that results in a deep happiness and even more so being able to see and experience God in greater ways in our life because you want it for us even more than we want it for ourselves. We just wanna open ourselves up to you. Pray that we'll understand and be able to take to heart and apply that which um, you're gonna be doing in each of our lives right now. We pray this in your name, Jesus, and everybody in agreement said. When we hear that phrase, pure in heart, now something comes to mind, and I'm wondering for you, what is it that you're thinking when you hear pure in heart? You might be thinking like you need a heart that has like a halo that's just hovering over it that way, right? It's a heart without temptation. It's a heart without doubting. It's a heart that doesn't have struggles. It's a heart that's anger free. It's a heart that kind of like it's got everything together. But that's not what Jesus was saying. It's not what he wanted us to be able to think either. Because Jesus would be the first one to be able to say, I know 
I know that in your life, in your heart, that you are going to have struggles because I know you're going to have temptations from within. I know that in life you're going to have temptations from without. I know you're just going to struggle with your sin nature until the time that you see me face to face. I know all of that. Now, when we hear heart, most of us, if we're not thinking about that organ in us that pumps blood, we're thinking about our emotional center. We're thinking about that place where emotions you know, reside. and We process them that way. When we think mind, if we're not thinking about our physical brain, when we think mind, we think this is the place that we do our thinking. This is our decision-making center here. I point that out because it would have been different in Jesus' day. Jesus knew that the people that he was speaking to at that time, when they heard the word heart, if they weren't thinking again about their, the blood pumping organ, they were thinking heart is the place where you do your thinking. They were thinking heart was the decision-making center of themselves. For emotions, they would refer to the liver or the bowels. That's the place where you know, your emotions would reside. In fact, if you ever got a text from somebody that said, you make my liver quiver. And XO, XO, XO. I mean, you're getting a really sappy text at that, at that point. Now, here's the phrase that Jesus used, knowing what we know already. He used the word catharoi cardia. Now, cardia is heart. We know what they're thinking about. You know, here's this, you know, the decision-making, the thinking, the process there. Catharoi is that word pure. And rather than meaning a sinlessness that we may have first thought or implied it that way, catharoi means to be unmixed, pureness that way. It means to be undivided in our thinking. A pure heart is one that has this clear, it's not a double-mindedness. See, the opposite of a pure heart rather than just using the word as an impure heart, the opposite of that would be to have a divided allegiance. It would be um, double-minded in our thought. And the scripture speaks this to that um, condition that can occur within us. It says, such a person is double-minded. They become unstable in all that they do. Now we can understand this a little bit better um, from what we had um, mentioned a little bit earlier. Do you know a person, not you of course, but do you know a person that may have been texting while doing something else? Maybe they were texting and walking or texting and running. Maybe they were texting and you know, riding a bike or driving or whatever it was. And because they were texting and doing something else at the same time, um, they either uh, stumbled or they bumped into someone or something. Maybe they even had an accident of some sort. Do you know anybody that's ever happened to? Yeah, I, I know, not you, but you know, you, you, like I know of a person like that. I'm on the bike trail uh, not long ago. And as I'm riding along, I'm watching a bike as it is on like a collision course from me. And it is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. It's like 10 feet away. And I realize a person to their credit, they're pedaling along, but they're, you know, they're doing their texting at the same time on, the, on their bike. And about 10 feet away, I just go like, hello. And they're like, you know, they pull off to the side that way. Sorry. I'm like, that's double mindedness that's taken place there. Whether or not you've ever shot sporting clays, 
think you can imagine uh, this scenario. When two targets are launched simultaneously, if you are shooting at target A, but you're focused on target B, what do you think is the result of that? Yeah, you're not gonna hit target A, are you? Because there is this double-mindedness that's going on. A pure heart would be, though there's awareness of other things that are going on, a pure heart would be to stay focused on what you are shooting at. In this case, Jesus is saying a pure heart is to have this God-first focus, Jesus-first focus, maybe a better word would be allegiance, because allegiance is both attitude and actions. It's to maintain this God-first allegiance in my life with all the other stuff that's going on as well. Now, truth is, we are always going to have other things in our lives that would distract or want to pull away from this allegiance. I'll come back to that in just a second. But I want to ask a very sincere question. It's really important because we kind of move from this understanding of what Jesus was saying, blessed are the pure in heart. We know what that means, but what does it really mean in our life? See, the question I'd have for you is this. What is it that may be pulling your allegiance from God to it? What is it in your life that would be a distraction from the lordship of Jesus in your life because of this that's going on? And as I said, all of us have distractions. All of us have other things that are going on. So um, one example for me. Um, as I try and maintain this Jesus over everything, this Jesus first allegiance that's, um, that, that I want to live by, sometimes my desire for achievement or success is trying to actually, it, it, it draws my attention away from this. This kind of raises up that way. Jesus gives us an example. He said, for some, he said, no one can serve two masters. Nobody can have double allegiance. You can't equally have allegiance here. You're either going to love the one and hate the other, or you're going to um, have allegiance. You'll be devoted to one, despise the other. But he said, you can't serve. You can't have an equal allegiance to God and money. It's either gonna be God that comes over our decisions for money or the desire for money or the stuff that it can do for us that has a tendency to influence the decisions we make with regards to God or what we're doing with what God wants us to do that way. As I said, we all have distractions in our life. Maybe for you, um, as Chris and Stephanie were sharing their story, it's this desire, you know, to, as a single, to go like, I'm really just, you know, trying to focus on this relationship in my life. And finding that right person, it almost begins to take precedent over this God firstness. Sometimes it's making a team. And God's very important in your life. Jesus is very important in your life. But making the team and being on the team, it seems like that is where my allegiance lies. It could be in whatever your achievement is. For some of us, it just becomes busyness at times. We get just so busy with life that we're focused here and it pulls our focus off of this. Again, it takes, it becomes, you know, this 
gets a little bit higher rather than Jesus over everything. It's because of all the stuff I got to do. That's where my focus in life. And this just begins to fall off a little bit. If Jesus were reframing the question for us, he might ask it this way. And these are Jesus' words. He said, why do you call me Lord, but don't do the things that I say? That's a pretty, pretty serious question. What is it in your life that you know Jesus wants you to do that you are choosing not to do? Now, I'll just pause for a second here and say, this matter of pureness of heart is a Jesus follower thing. Reason I say that is because if you don't have Jesus first in your life, Jesus isn't your savior, if you're not a follower of Jesus, then if he comes off the table, the purity heart thing, it's just like whatever you choose to focus on is what you choose to focus on. But the mixed heart is for the Jesus follower. See, that's why we're asking this question. In my life, when I say Jesus is first, Jesus is Lord in my life, but now I get this double allegiance going on, that's where the impure heart takes place. And it's something that every follower of Jesus has to deal with on a regular basis. Now, Jesus didn't tell us something here that we couldn't do. He didn't give us the Beatitudes, this one in particular, blessed are the pure in heart, to hang on the wall, you know, to go like, oh, that's just, that's perfect idealism, but get real. It really can't happen that way. He says, I know that it can. And I know the results that's going to take place when you keep this allegiance factor right, when you do the things that you know that I want you to do. Case in point, there are four things that Jesus wants every follower of his to do. So if you're a follower of his today, there are four things that he wants you to do just like he wants me to do them. They would be, he wants us to gather he wants us to grow. He wants us to give. He wants us to go. So if you're a follower of Jesus, four things that you know that he wants us to do would be these. Same with me. Ready? He wants me to gather. He wants me to grow. He wants me to give. And he wants me to go. Jesus said, I want you to continue to gather. It's like what we're doing right now, what we're doing online together. There's meaning, there's purpose in that. I'm asking you to do that. He says, I want you to be growing. I want you to be growing in your relationship with me. I want you to be growing in faith in life. I want you to be giving. I want you to be giving both of your time in serving. And I want you to be giving financially. I want you to be generous as a follower of mine. It's very important. He says, I want you to be going. I want you to go with good news to other people. I want you to go and to bless your neighbor. Now, because we know these are things that Jesus wants us to do, first of all, we can just do a quick evaluation. Am I? Am I today doing what I know Jesus wants me to do? Am I gathering? Am I growing? Am I giving? Am I going? We do here um, what we refer to as next. Next takes place, like next will take place after each of our services today. We offer it online as well. Next helps us to take whatever next step in, in those areas or to be able to figure out what's my next step in this area because we all have next steps in all those areas. It helps us to be able to say, here's what I could be doing next. For instance, it could be that growing part. Um, how do I find a group? I hear, you know, we talk about groups all the time. We, we gather in groups so that we can continue to grow. Um, what does it mean, you know, for believers' baptism? We 
talk about that in next. So if you've never been there, I hope that you will be. If you've got time today, stop by. It's a, again, it's just a personal gathering to be able to help those that are attending to figure out like, hey, what's my next step in following Jesus? Because when we do, when we keep Jesus in that first place in our life, deep happiness begins to be this reality of the pureness of heart. I really appreciated Stephanie and um, Chris sharing their story. I'm sure you did it as well. You know, kind of just the openness of that. When I listened to what was taking place, you know, in Chris's case, you know, at one time it was definitely, you know, it was God first. There's this God allegiance. But these other things that began to pull attention from here would certainly undercut the deep happiness that he had. It actually undercut the relationship that was going on there. Stephanie's story was different. Remember, she's talking about, hey, I had God first, but I still have this bitterness. And bitterness wants to pull our attention away there. So when we're in that condition, we want, right, Jesus over everything. Here's my Jesus allegiance. But here's something that's really just continuing to nag. It's continuing to pull my attention when I realize that this is what is becoming the operational factor. James, who happened to be Jesus' half-brother, think about that, growing up in the same household with Jesus. I don't think everybody got treated the same in Jesus' household, do you? I don't think so. But James becomes a follower of Jesus after his resurrection. And only becomes a follower, becomes a leader. And hence he writes these words as the first pastor of the church of Jerusalem. And these words in James chapter 4, really it's one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. But I had a tendency to really lean into the first part and kind of let the second part fall aside. The verse is this. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Here's the promise. God, as I want to seek you, you're going to allow that. As I draw near to you, you're going to draw closer to me. Like, who doesn't want that? But he went on to say this. He goes, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I used to think, that's just harsh, right? Like, he's just like, wash your hands, you sinners. Like, purify your hearts, you double-hearted. Until I realized He's just talking about what Jesus, what he said. The second beatitude says this, blessed are they that mourn. When you realize that something has stolen your allegiance from God, you just get honest with God about that. We wash our hands. We confess that to God. Purify our hearts are double, you know, purify your hearts, you double-minded. When you recognize I'm double-minded right now in my life, what do I do? Purifying is just becoming single-minded again. I've acknowledged like, yep, this has happened to me. I'm getting my attention right back here again. And with that pureness of heart, well, there comes Jesus' promise to us. So let's read this together. Everybody ready? Blessed are the... Pause. There's a great blessing. There is a deep happiness that will come with it. Now let's read the next part. For they will see God. Now there's certainly a future part to that coming. We're going to see God face to face. But what about now? Now I could just give you a quick explanation. Like, well, here's what that means. But before that, 
I want you just to pause. I want you to think about Jesus sharing this. I want you to imagine for a second. When Jesus says this, hey, blessed are the pure in heart, for you will see God. I want you to imagine the twinkle in his eye. Maybe this is the smile that crosses Jesus' face. Because as he's there teaching all these people, he might be thinking this, you have no idea of who you're looking at right now. <laughs> you are seeing God right now. And I'm going to help you to realize that. Jesus, when he offers this, this single-mindedness, it's like a play on words. Deep happiness comes to the one who focuses on God. Because the one who focuses on God, in part, begins to see God and to see God more, to see God's presence in our life right now, to see God's working in our life right now. I so wish that you had the vantage point that I do, that you could see what I see and hear what I hear on a week-to-week basis, because I get the opportunity to be able to interact with so many of you, just you know, going around and asking, like, hey, tell me your story. You know, we get to hear you know, Chris and Stephanie's story today. I mean, tell me how God's working in your life right now. You know, tell me you know, what's going on. And I'm hearing how you know, God has just been working in people's lives and they're finding and coming and following Jesus. I'm hearing about how God is helping a person in their time of need. I'm hearing about a person as they're just in the midst of struggle right now, but that sincerity that they have in faith and how things are just starting to open up for them a little bit. I get to see that, hear that each week. And it is so encouraging to me, which is, again, a great reason to be in a group because we're able to you know, multiply our seeing and experiencing of God's working in the people, in the situations around us. And it is so motivating. Jesus said, the more that you know me, the more that you will know God. If you happen to um, read the verse of the day today, it talked about the Holy Spirit who is given to us in one part so that we can know Jesus better. And in knowing Jesus better, we are going to be able to see and experience God more in our lives. But the seeing isn't just we see. It's also allowing others to see God. Truth of the matter is this. You and I are the only Jesus that some people are ever gonna see. But as we are becoming a little bit more like Jesus, as we are growing in our faith, People are going to be able to see God because they're seeing the working of God that's taking place in us. As a church, one of the reasons that we are always about, let's live out our mission, because if our heart is people and if our message is Jesus, as a body, as we call it, as Fox River, when we're doing what we should do, people are seeing God as he's making himself manifest to them. This is Jesus' hope when we are just focused again on him. So we're going to read one more time, Matthew 5, 8. But one of the encouragements I'm going to have you do would be if you could grab your phone and scan the QR code. If you will go to the download that's there, you're going to see one that looks just like this. See it up there? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And you can put this on the home screen, your wallpaper on your phone. And every time you open up your phone this week, you're going to reread these words. Blessed are the pure in heart. And it'll just cause you to ask this question, like, 
Do I have my God focused right? Is God first in my life right now or is something else just wanting to creep in and get in front of it? And then this promise that we will see God. And when you are looking for God, I guarantee you, you're gonna see more of God in your life as well. So grab that download, put it on your phone. If you need help with it, get the help with it you need. I think you could do it though. Let's read these words together. Ready? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus promised to us. Which brings us right into communion. If you happen to have your communion elements with you, a little package like this, I want you to grab it right now. If you don't have one of these, you didn't get one of these, if you just raise a hand right now, if you need to online, just take a moment and go grab your stuff right now. Piece of bread, some juice, you know, go ahead and do that. Here again, keep your hand up until an usher comes to you. They'll try and do that as quickly as they possibly can. Jesus' message to us is this, that my body was broken, my blood was shed with this purpose for the remission of your sins. See, the gospel says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Eating and drinking this is not how you receive Jesus. Eating and drinking this is a reminder to everybody who's received Jesus of what he's done for us. But the way that we receive Jesus, and the scripture couldn't be clearer than, uh, than this, is by coming to Jesus in faith. Not by our works, not by anything that we're doing, but for coming to him and saying, Jesus, I realize what you've done for me. And I'm gonna ask you for that gift in my life. In repentance, I wanna ask you to be my Lord and I wanna ask you to be my Savior. And if you've not done that yet, I wanna invite you to do that right now. To pray with me a very simple prayer. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. And I wanna open my life up to you. I believe that you died. I believe that you've risen again. And now I'm making it personal with me. Would you pray with me? Jesus, for those that are ready to put their faith and trust in you today, believing that you went to the cross in, in part for them and for their sins, and you suffered hell for them, and you've risen again for them. And right now, putting our faith and trust in you as our Savior, and then as the resurrected Lord, the one who deserves our allegiance. That's our prayer. And as best we understand what's being said, that's what we're asking of you now. So friend, how many today? Your prayer is to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the very first time. Guess would you just lift a hand boldly in acknowledgement of that? If you're online, you can acknowledge that as well. Yeah. Others? Okay. Thanks again for saving grace, Jesus. And I pray that you will take us now into the place of experiencing and seeing God as we look to you with a pure heart. We pray it in your name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. 
Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Oh, 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 oh